Hello, welcome to the LPB podcast, Life, Passion and Business. This is episode number two. And before we get into the show, I just wanted to give you a little intro and uh, let you know what's going on. And also, I want to bring you our quote of the week, which is Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. And that's an album by Leah from 1994. And you might think, why am I calling the album? Because the perception of age that can stop us from doing things is very real. And I felt it myself. I mean, I remember when I was uh, 15, I wanted to run like a big club night. Because uh, I'm from Essex and that's just outside London and we don't have anything in Essex. Anyone's from Essex, you know, you know that. <laughs> and London has everything, so I wanted to bring artists there out here uh, and create a night for young people. Uh, and I, when I went to investigate and call up the uh, arenas, they were like, oh, you're too young, you know, you can't do it. And uh, how are you going to get the bookings and how will the artists take you seriously? And uh, that stopped me from even doing it and I just kind of gave up. But our guest today, Jeep Banerjee, he started the digital marketing firm when he was 17. And uh, he's gone on to sell that firm and start a new company, making him the great honor of being a serial entrepreneur. So we talk about age and then the problems that he faced. And there's a very interesting story which he goes through, but he persisted through his story. And that's the difference sometimes is to keep pushing. And we also talk about the importance of doing that. Uh, we talk about what his firm, JB Media Force, did um, and how how he was innovative with his structure. It's a very interesting structure he, he, thought, he thought of using. Um, and yeah, we just get into business and, and, and talk about life. We also talk about university, uh, which he went to, and then he's had little difficulties with. So we talk about that, the interest perspective of being an entrepreneur in university and what he went through. And then, of course, we get the best advice, the best business advice, social media advice. And you know, I, I, I really appreciate Jeep for doing this episode and, and I really enjoyed it. We keep it very funky, you know, it's very live, it's a very nice conversation. It's cool, like, you know, we're not all businessy and talking, you know, we're just being who we are and that's what it's about. And, you know, every episode is growth and I appreciate you checking this out. If you haven't checked that episode one, that was with Andrew Warner, founder of Mixergy.com and we get into stuff about fear and then how he was able to connect with all these great entrepreneurs and and we also talk about virginity so <laughs> that's a little bit interesting so definitely check that out and yeah of course appreciate you being here for the ride and without any further ado let's get cracking hello welcome to the lpb podcast life passion business this is the young entrepreneur show i'm duba menakaya entrepreneurship junkie straight out of the uk you know where i'm from you know what we do here we interview the best young entrepreneurs and experienced veterans and get their best advice in terms of life, passion, and business so we can help you take your game to the next level. Now, today we have Jeep Banerjee, uh, straight out of Southern California, 20-year-old serial entrepreneur. Now, not many people 20 years old can call themselves serial entrepreneurs. He sold a business. He started a new business. But I don't really want to tell you about that. I would like him to tell you about that. So, Jeep, why don't you tell us about the first business that you sold? Yeah, most definitely. So, I... Uh... Just kind of going back around maybe 15, 16, I took a bunch of different jobs, sales, project management, tutoring. I just tried, I got a job and I quit every month basically. So I got a bunch of different jobs. Yeah. And eventually I realized that the problem wasn't the individual job. It was the whole idea of a job. So mm -hmm. that's when I decided to start my own company. I did some research, came across like entrepreneurs, people that were doing some amazing things and they were happy. And I mean, let, let, me, let me take it back a bit further because 
-hmm. there's the old classic nature nurture debate and do you feel like ever since you was a child even that there was something inside of you that wanted to do your own thing that always knew that working a job just wasn't you yeah i mean i think there were signs of it since i was since i was young but it never like really came to me that this sign means that i should forget about the job and go be an entrepreneur like there was a time at nine when i wanted to build a website and i did all on my own and then there was other times when just growing up, I would just revolt against like authority, like school systems, doing what you're supposed to do. I would say, let me do it my way, you know? Young and rebel, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's always been there for me. So yeah, I, I do think it was, the signs were there early on. Okay. So then the signs are there, 15, you're not feeling those jobs. So you're like, okay, I'm going to start a company. I mean, when I was 15, 16, I had a little things going on. You know, I sold a couple of water pistols and that, nothing too special. But I didn't think about starting a company. That was quite a big leap, you know. So mm -hmm. when you're making that transition to starting a company, what was the first steps that you took to, to doing that? So for me, the first step, since I knew nothing about it, was just doing a lot of research. And it was just about seeing people that were successful, reading their books, reading their blogs, watching videos about them, and seeing what things that they kept talking about that helped them be successful and it was what, just catching on on those points what what were, what were the points then you know that, that was really coming out over and over again yeah definitely so the one biggest point i kept seeing over and over again was that internet technology mobile applications all that kind of stuff people kept saying there's a gold mine there's a gold mine that was one thing other things i quickly learned was that it, it's 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 very easy to start but it's very hard to keep going and mm -hmm. the biggest thing is you've got to keep the course and you've got to keep trying and keep trying and the other things i learned was you got to educate yourself you've got to constantly learn and study on your own you can't get this kind of knowledge in school so it was mm. these kind of small things that i learned that was really kind of guiding me and kind of shaping me as an entrepreneur early on who if you could go back who what were the first kind of books or interviews from the people like the ones that really stuck in your mind you was like damn that's that's the shit that's my shit right there you know what i mean yeah, most definitely. So a few that come to mind were like of the popular, really, really popular entrepreneurs were like Elon Musk, Richard mm. Branson, Steve Jobs. Those mm. ones were the first ones I landed on. And then another entrepreneur that really stuck with me was Neil Patel, just because he had a very similar story as the one I was going to be embarking on. So he mm. was one that really stuck with me. But it was mainly those entrepreneurs and they have so much a wealth of information online that it just took up months of my time reading and learning about it. So you really you really kind of studied the game, you know, you was a mm -hmm. fan of the game. And I feel like that's an underrated component, you know, being mm -hmm. a fan of, of, of entrepreneurship or a fan of your craft, your passion. That's why I put the passion in the podcast, mm -hmm. you know, to be, to be a fan of, of your craft. So you went from the fan, you know, your life, then you went for the passion. And now let's talk about the business first. I mean, let's mm -hmm. talk about the business briefly. Um, JB Media, uh, JB Media Force. What did you actually do and how did you decide to set one doing that? Yeah, definitely. So what we did in that company was we made websites, mobile applications, did graphic design, video production, all this kind of multimedia services for different businesses in my area. Mm. And that's, that's really what the idea of the company was. And I came across this idea because at the time I would go through Craigslist just for about anything, whether it was a new job or anything. And I quickly saw on Craigslist, there was hundreds and hundreds of people that were consistently posting, I need a website, I need a logo, et cetera. Yeah. And the thing was, there was people in like the Philippines and India and Argentina that were pitching for these jobs, but they wouldn't get it, even though their prices were 10 times as less. 
Okay. And the reason was because of a language barrier, you know, they couldn't yeah. speak the best English. People were shady. They were like, this is kind of suspect. I'm going to just go with a normal developer. So that's when I thought, why don't I be kind of like the U.S. front, be the guy that does the marketing, talks to the clients, et cetera, and have yeah. these people in India and Philippines make these websites, make these products. And I can do it for half the price that my competitors are charging. Was so that, that was the whole just briefly, was there any kind of uh, model or, or business that you saw, entrepreneur, you saw that, that kind of sparked that idea into your head? Because I, I, I wouldn't imagine you just kind of thought of that by yourself. I mean, not say that you're not a smart guy, but I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, like the biggest thing for me that I kept seeing from people was just keep your eyes open for opportunity. Mm. And this, this, is, this is what the first thing that I looked at that struck out to me as like opportunity. And yeah. I started like digging into it and just trying to figure out what was going on. I started doing research about like outsourcing and all this kind of stuff. And that's when I was like, okay, this seems like this can be legitimate. Let me give it a shot. So I don't think it was any model or anything I followed. It was just keeping my eyes open. And once I saw the light, I started just kind of digging deeper, trying to get more of that light. That's dope though, man. I say simplicity is genius. You know, sometimes the simplest ideas are the most beautiful ideas. And obviously that's, that's the way it worked for you. So you think of this idea you know okay you're like all right this is the one i can roll with this mm-hmm. you need clients you're working in a yeah. b2b this is a b2b business effectively you need to get clients i mean for our listeners that's something i'm trying to get across is for people who've been there we'll, we'll try and get a little expertise and tips so take me back to your first kind of client getting days what's the first thing you do when you're trying to get clients yeah, most definitely. So the tough part for me at the time was I had no money. So I was literally broke. So here I was trying to start a business <laughs> without you. any money. Yeah, so it was tough. So the biggest first thing I knew was, okay, I got to get a client to pay me so that I can pay my own business to get some things set up like an entity and a website of my own, etc. Yeah. So the first thing I really did when I went out there was I thought, okay, there's millions and millions of businesses. And I'm sure millions and millions of businesses need a service like this. I'm just going to go and shoot for the moon. So I literally took a shotgun approach and I just started contacting, calling, responding to those ads on Craigslist and just trying hard to get my first client because I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Yeah. Probably went through 50, 60, 70 no's. Damn. And then finally, it was maybe two, three weeks and then didn't get a client. But I, I knew that the first client was going to be the hardest since I had no background, no credibility, nothing. Yeah. And finally, I got a I got a local business that was interested. They had a very small budget, but I was like the only person that could work with that budget. So it kind of worked out. Yeah. So they finally said, all right, I'll take a chance. You have no portfolio, nothing, but I'll give you a shot. And that once they gave me that shot, they paid me for the project. I got it done. I gave them a good job. Mm. Um, from there, I started getting referrals. I started having cash flow in the business to be able to make my own website to okay, make okay. look better. Now, I think you're skipping over a little part because I've uh-huh. done some research into you. We talked before. There's a little story here before you kind of got, you started getting the ball rolling. When you first went into a meeting um, uh-huh. with a gentleman called Keith, I don't want to give too much of the story away, but I think yeah, you should yeah. tell it. Because I think these stories are important, you know, to really get across how hard the struggle is, you know. Uh, and, you know, this is a moment you could have quit. So I just want you to tell that story briefly. That's okay. Yeah, most definitely. So this was during the two, three week period where I was just trying to get business after business after business. And I finally had this guy who was really interested, called me over to his office, all this kind of stuff. And as soon as I walk into the office, he kind of, I see that I, I recognize him immediately. I see him walking towards me and he kind of says, uh, are you looking for someone? Are you looking for your father? Kind of gives me a really confused look. <laughs> 
and here I am trying to do business with them. You know, this is the guy I talk on the phone. I tell him I got to make him a website, all this kind of stuff. And as you can imagine, at 17 years old, I'm completely heartbroken. So I'm just like, oh, I think I got the wrong office. And I just dash out of the office and I just head home and just lock myself in my room. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm never trying that again. I got to clients on the internet, through phone or something. <laughs> so you just went, you just went incognito. You, so <laughs> you wanted you wanted to start like catfishing businesses. <laughs> so so you get. I mean, all right. Just let's a little sideways. Have you ever seen Keith again? Out of any interest? No, no, I never saw him again. <laughs> hey, you need to. Oh, you need to be like, hey, you fucked with the wrong one, Keith. You need, you need to recognize what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, all right, okay, so. You got past that, you pushed on, and now your clients, you're getting referrals, you know what I mean, you're doing mm -hmm. business. How are you maintaining that pace as the orders are picking up? Yeah, definitely. So for me, it was all about kind of, uh, so the way I'd set it up was I had like a list of like 40, 50 different companies all over like Asia and Europe and stuff like that that were developers, different freelancers. So each project, I'd try a new developer because I wanted mm -hmm. to find the best possible candidates. So yeah. this is, so the amount of projects I could take wasn't a problem because I had a huge Rolodesk of contacts, et cetera. Yeah. So I kept doing that and I did this for about maybe three to four months. Mm -hmm. And I quickly realized that outsourcing is a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's the worst thing that you could possibly do. No, well, we do. can swear on here. It's the LPB podcast. We do what we want. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. So yeah, it was a total pain in the ass trying to outsource. And I learned on quickly. I mean, uh, one developer would do an amazing project the next day they're not even there they, you can't even find them anymore it's it's crazy you know so that's when i was like okay if i want to keep this up and if i want to make this a serious business i got to have my own developers yeah. so i started reaching out to people locally and i couldn't pay six figures so that wasn't going to happen mm. so then the next best thing one developer that had kind of stuck with me throughout he was a solid freelancer he was having a family some kids so it was a good time he was in india and i talked to him about what if we got our own employees and set up our own office in india what did yeah. he think about that? And he was in love with that idea because he would obviously get a stable paycheck every month and he, th and he would get a manager role, all that kind of good stuff. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to roll the dice. This is the only way to get big. It's a big risk, but big reward if it works. Yeah. So I rolled the dice. I started hiring my own employees, paying them a salary each month. So my expenses, stuff like that went up. And that's when really was the turning point for my business because at that point I was able to charge more money because I had a reliable team. I had a team that could go on Skype and talk to these clients, manage the projects better, et cetera. Yeah. And that's what really turned things around. I feel, I feel like that's very representative of making a decision and rolling the dice, you know, and how entrepreneurship is called the risk. I mean, that's the pure definition of a risk. You start paying people. How old were you at this time? So I'm interested. Uh, I think I just turned right? 18. So you just turned 18. I mean, you've been doing this for what, like a year or something? Yeah, it was maybe like six months at this point. Six months and you decided to hire someone and, and pay them. I mean, that's pretty crazy. For me, that kind of brings across another kind of advice I want to get from you. Just a briefly, brief segue here. Selling that vision, you know, mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, a creative, whatever you do, you cannot do anything by yourself. So when you were selling that vision, what's the kind of tips that you could give when you're selling a vision to someone? Yeah, I mean, it really came down to two things. One was just being authentic and re being really honest. Like, I, I never, like, lied to this guy, and I never said, like, you know, this is a guaranteed sure shot. It's going to work. He knew what the risks were. He knew what the rewards were. 
And I was yeah. really honest about everything about my experience. He knew everything about me and all that good stuff. Yeah. And the, and the second thing was just show your passion, just be you, you know what I mean? And if, if, if people will buy into you, if you're honest and you're authentic and you're original. And I think that's mm. what the biggest thing was. This guy knew I was working day and night to make this happen. And he knew I wasn't going to let this company just sink and not stay afloat. So that's why he was willing to take the gamble and the risk with me. And I think those are the two biggest things when you're trying to carry out your vision, whether it's to investors or anybody, be honest yeah. and be yourself. Yeah. It's them classics. It's usually the classics that are right. It's like them uh, Gandhi, you know what I'm saying, be the change you want to see in the world. I feel like yeah. when people see you on your grind and you're on your shit and you're really yourself. And I think it was also maybe the guy kind of saw you and he was like, this guy's going to do it anyway. So I might mm -hmm. as well kind of jump on board you know yeah exactly <laughs> you know what I mean? okay so you you there you got this company now uh you're in india what's what, what what happens next you know what's the next level for you how does it how does it progress to you eventually selling the company yeah definitely so at this point i'd kind of figured out i, I started small in india had a couple employees and then i started seeing that there was a formula that was working you know i get x amount of projects i have y amount of employees and I make Z amount of profit. So once I figured out that key formula, it was just about scaling it. You know, it's just about multiplying that bad boy. Yeah. So I started hiring employees here that could kind of do what I was doing to do sales and marketing and project management. And for each employee I got here, I was getting X number more of projects. And then I was growing my team in India. So yeah. I was doing this for about a year and I, it was working, you know, I grew my, at the peak, I realized that 15 employees was kind of like the magic number. Anything more than 15 employees and my profit goes down more. And 15. anything less than that, it's it's like crazy. You know, I did this like whole math formula, <laughs> this equilibrium point and everything. But yeah, 15 was the magic number. So we were stuck there. And then uh, so so then I so then now kind of progressing towards what led me to sell the company. Yeah. Um, I was in a meeting room doing a pitch to this real estate investor, developer, some guy. And I gave him a price and a time frame, and he's like, no, this isn't going to work. Give me something different. So I was like, okay, I'll give you a better price, but I can't change the time frame. So this yeah. guy straight up tells me, you know what? No problem. See yourself out. There's a thousand other people that do what you do. I'll find someone to do it on my terms. So you're like, for some damn. Reason, yeah, I was like, <laughs> damn. But for some reason, those words stuck in my head because, you know, out of all honesty, it was true. There's millions of developers out there, millions of people in there. And I, at this point, I felt like I was just a businessman. I was yeah. just trying to make a machine a well-old business machine that would just generate cash yeah. and that's what i really focused on and i so wanted to be in mm -hmm. do you feel like the passion was gone in the uh, in the classic lpb you know just as the, if that was a formula i'm not trying to put it out of there mm -hmm. if it is you know co-signing unit but do you know what i mean like you just had the l and the b like that passion the heart was really missing into what you was doing yeah like the, i mean the mission or, or, or was it just that there was just so much competition and he was like, well, that's bullshit. I don't want to be so competitive with everyone else. I mean, there were, there was two things. I don't think the passion was lost, but I think, I think there was like a lack of purpose. Like my purpose yeah. was just to lose, just to, just to not have to take a job. And I was successful in that, but I wanted a deeper purpose than that. Like something where I could create value or help somebody, something like that. Yeah. And the second thing I noticed was that there was a ceiling, you know, after 15 employees, it's downhill under 15 employees it's downhill so i had mm. kind of like a cap i was stuck at a ceiling and I, I i shoot for the moon you know what i mean i can't be stuck in a roof you you like under over numbers don't you I'm yeah. that's, a little, that's a little trend don't worry we'll, we'll get into that you know so don't, i'm not just 
throw in some random shell there. That means something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. So, so yeah, those were those were like the two biggest reasons. And I just thought like, you know, like I can do something where I can make the money, I can have the passion, but I can have a deeper purpose where I can be a real entrepreneur because entrepreneurs' first priority isn't how much money goes in their pocket. It's how much value they create for the world or what problem they solve. And that's yeah. really what it was about. That's dope, man. That's dope. Uh, split, I mean, one thing I want to just touch on the life be briefly. I mean, because you was uh, basically between the ages of what, 17 to 19? Is this when yeah, you when, around the point when I was selling my business, I had just turned 19. So what was you, high school? Just graduating? Uh, just graduated high school, yeah. Just graduated. So, I mean, what, what? <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was 17, 19, I was going out, partying, out, maybe not partying, maybe taking some things I shouldn't be taking. <laughs> oh, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, that kind of lifestyle. How are you doing that and you have 15 employees? What's the, the kind of growth that you have to go through? I just want to just get your picture on that, you know? What were the kind of sacrifices that you had to make in that time? Yeah, most definitely. No, that was definitely one of the toughest things because, I mean, in high school, I was like that rebellious kid that didn't do anything at school and just went out and partied and just had a great time after school so the biggest thing for me was like really sacrificing like the social aspect of it going out with friends every night missing out on that big party that happened last night stuff like that but for me it was all about like being happy and even though partying and all that stuff made me happy this made me a lot more happier so So i had no problem committing to it did you feel it though i mean when was the kind of point that you was like ah i mean at first we like damn there was some hot girls there, man. I could have been. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or what? I don't know. Just, just, just gotta get your perspective because I think it's a, you know, it's an issue that everyone kind of did. If you're going after your dream, you're doing something, doing something serious, you know, then you have to make those sacrifices. And, and I don't know. I just wanted to get an opinion from someone who's been there and done that, you know. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, in the very beginning, like the way my business worked was like it took less and less time as I kind of started and as I kind of. Uh, in the very beginning so I was putting in less effort but as the business grew it was like more time coming out so I would be able to go out have a good time stuff like that in the beginning but it was a lot less and then as time went along it would kind of my time that I could put in or put I'm confusing the shit out of myself right now time (laughs) that I could put outside of my business to like hang out and stuff was going down so I mean at that point honestly the biggest motivations for me was that I was actually doing something and I was actually successful like I saw those small signs of success and yeah. that was enough motivation to say I don't need that party next Friday night I need my business and that was the biggest thing it was just seeing success and just staying focused Yeah explain that man it's that 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 LTM that long term mentality you know what I mean once you see something and then you can see the end goal and uh, I think that's nice to kind of go into your TED talk um because g g did a ted talk and we'll put this on the website we'll, we'll link this up but you can search it search it out just type, type his name ted talk and it was called if not now when um and the premise of it was if not if now is not the time to go for your dream then when is the time so i just want you to kind of explain the, the how you even thought of the idea of the talk and just a little brief uh, synopsis of what the talk was about yeah, most definitely. So um, they, were, they were having an event in kind of in my area about this and they were basically telling, they wanted me to deliver a TED talk. And so I basically had to come up with an idea. And the biggest thing, or kind of going back to the story that I said when I first got rejected by yeah. when I went to that office and he was like, is this your father? All that was, yeah. I always wondered what other people did or why other people didn't chase their dreams at a younger age. 
but I never knew why, you know? And I thought, yeah. what better way to deliver this message and find out than doing it through a TED Talk? So that's when I said, how can I do this the best way? And I talked to the organizers and stuff like that. And they said, you got to run focus groups. You got to come back with data and all the science and all this stuff. So at that point, I was like, okay, this is something that I'm really passionate about. I really want to know. So why not do it? And they basically straight up told me like, you know, this is a very risky thing because if the information you come back with isn't something <laughs> that's shocking or surprising, you're going to, you're not going to have a TED talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're going to be looking it, crazy out here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, if it's good, then perfect. So I was like, huh, another risk. But you know, I, I love risks. So yeah, I said, what the hell? Might that as well. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, what the hell? So I went out and I started serving people that were above the age of 25 and people under the age of 25 and I asked both groups three questions. Um, if you could do, or what is your biggest dream? Are you yeah. doing it right now? And kind of why not? And that was all that the TED Talk was about. And I just did this with maybe 200 to 300 people for each group, for each age wow. group. That was and a lot. I didn't know you did it with that many people. Like, did you do it online yeah. in person? Uh, in person, actually, yeah. Oh, shit, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, TED Talk is pretty serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that that's really how the whole TED Talk came together. And then I found I got my findings and then I took it to the organizers again. And they were like, holy shit, this is some really good stuff. So they were like, your TED Talk is on. And I was like, all right, hallelujah, another risk paid off. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, that's really how it all got started. I mean, I don't I want people to actually watch it for giveaway. The, uh, it's up to you. It's your talk. Should I give away the figures or, or should people w just go watch it first? Um, I think I think it has a lot stronger impact if they actually watch the whole talk because they're like yeah, up that's the anticipation and all that stuff. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I'm thinking. Yeah, no, that's what I think. I think you should watch your talk first, but I think the premise of it, I won't give away too much, but I feel like it's dreams and and you know, if not now, when is the kind of whole idea of we're always kind of making excuses why we can't do something today and uh there's always you know there's always a reason why we can't do something today how comes there was never a kind of excuse for you to not start the business did you ever go through that and you was like well i'm 16 i can't get it. should i should i just give up and, and go do whatever did you ever actually go through that yeah i mean i think i kind of did i mean like i always had those like thoughts in my mind like oh dang should i be doing this or is, is now the right time should i wait till after college and stuff like that but I mean, yeah. the moment I just thought about the job and I was like, oh man, if I have to work a job from now all the way through college, I'm going to put a bullet through my head. I was like, <laughs> all right, no, I got to do this now. So, I mean, I always had those doubts and thoughts, but I think if you, I think if you experience the negativity so much that you'll just be pushed to do it, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people, they don't, they don't get the full taste of things or they kind of get a, like a slight taste of it. So they're able to put up with it. But for me, I was doing this full on and I just couldn't put up with it anymore. I had reached my breaking point. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you there, man. Okay, now let's talk about, um, let's talk about your new project, Refix. I feel that ties in with a couple of questions I want to ask. Um, StatFuse, uh, just give us a little breakdown of what StatFuse is. Yeah, definitely. So StatFuse basically helps uh, high school students and community college students in the USA with uh, transferring to like a four-year university. So we basically calculate a student's chances of getting in, analyze their college application, kind of match them up with schools that fit their needs and their interests. So that's yeah. basically what we do at StatFuse. Okay, cool. So so where did the, the idea for StatFuse come from? You said you wanted a deeper purpose. How did it kind of manifest itself into that? 
Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, when I graduated high school, I, I did, I did want to go to a good college, but um, I had no clue how to do that. And here in the U.S., if you go to a public school, one counselor is in charge of helping 500 kids get into their dream college, which is yeah. ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I was yeah, like, definitely. I want to go to this school. I need an appointment with the counselor. Counselor's like, well, I don't have any openings for two months. What sucked for me was I had to apply to college in two weeks. So I was basically screwed, didn't end up going to the school that I wanted to. No. And then, yeah. And then, so I went through they this whole take process. The great, the great DG Bellagy with the, with the JV, what? The JV media and all that shit? No. Yeah, man. I, I don't know what it was, but um, <laughs> it's all right. Cause I was going to drop out anyways. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out. <laughs> but um uh, yeah, so then, so then, like, my partner was my partner, who's in this business too, was like talking to me one day, and he's like, he was graduating high school at the time too, and he was telling me the same problem, and I was like, holy shit, you too, like, does everyone go through this? I thought it was just me, yeah. and then we found out that this was like a huge epidemic. It was like a big problem with all high school kids, so that's where the idea really manifested, and we were like, all right, let's fix this problem. You know, I don't want other kids to deal with this, or my classmates, or my younger brother, things like that. So okay. yeah, yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. So I mean. You said you dropped out of university. So did you, because I remember I talked to you before, you started university mm -hmm. and now you've, you said you've dropped out. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, it's basically, are you taking a year off or are you? Yeah, I've been, I've been taking a lot of semesters off. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing one of those ones, yeah. <laughs> the little procrastination with the semesters and that, yeah. Oh, that's a term yeah. for anyone in the UK, it's the same thing. Um, but I I don't I don't think you're going back. That's that's what it sounds like. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I tell my parents it's putting semesters off, but yeah, you know you know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is. So university and entrepreneurship. I mean, I went to university, and I'm gonna say it out here. I don't care who's listening. Eighty percent of what they told me in class was bullshit, and not bullshit in the terms it's not applicable, but bullshit in the terms of yo, know, if you wanna be an entrepreneur. Like the realities of the game is a lot different. Like it's a lot different. Is that what you kind of found out? And especially someone who'd already started a business and, and nearly sold it. Is that what you found out? I don't know. What was the reason if you dropping uh stopping? Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna drop the most controversial bomb right now. Drop that shit, man. It's all good. <laughs> I felt like college was teaching me, like I would go into college and I would come out like feeling like, oh shit, I need a job. And then I'd go back and do my business stuff. And I'd be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what is going on? So, Twilight world shit. <laughs> yeah. So like college, I feel like teaches you to be like a robot. Like it teaches you like get good grades, study hard, get that degree and then go find a job and go like suck up to some boss or go find somebody. So I feel like it teaches everyone to be robots and it teaches society to go in one direction. Like, this is what you do. It's like a concrete plan that they've laid out. But let me tell you what, that plan sucks. If you're yeah. doing that shit for 60 years, 70 years, you're going to hate it. You know, it's all about that rat race. And that's what I really felt like college was for me. Like I was going in there, like the knowledge is good. It's helpful. But at the end of the day, they're teaching you to do, to work for somebody else. And that, that was not cool for me. And that was the biggest reason why I couldn't take it anymore. I think it's a personal thing though as well. Cause some people, you know, university is good for them, you know? And and they like the environment and they, and they want to work for something. There's nothing wrong with working for someone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, but maybe just I don't know. That's why I always it, the nature and nurture question interests me a lot because myself, I have yeah, I've always been inclined, and I'm sure you've always been inclined as well. But to actually do it, 
Um, and now there were so many skills I don't have, and I imagine so many skills that you don't have. So what kind of separates? Like, what kind of makes the but Do you believe in the, in the nature, the nature and nurture thing? Do you believe that entrepreneurs are born and and not made? What's your kind of sort of feeling on that? Um, I think I think there's like some qualities that people are born with. That if you have those qualities, it makes it easier or it makes you more prone to chase entrepreneurship. But yeah. at the same time, I think anyone can be become an entrepreneur, you know, and I think there's so many people that are not necessarily born, but they go through the ropes for 10 years, they work a job, and then they realize like, damn, this is not for me. And mm-hmm. then they're kind of bred and they're kind of refined into becoming an entrepreneur, which is also good. So I think there's both sides to it. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the kind of, uh, I'm interested to know, because, you know, the whole GOTB, uh, the whole GOTB thing, I based it on sports, as in, in sports, you know, you're on the bench, but you want to play the game. And it's very hard to make that transition into the game. But at the same time, there's kind of core fundamental skills that you need in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. uh, in any field. Like, what do you feel like are the kind of core fundamental things that everyone, every entrepreneur has, every entrepreneur needs to have? You know? Yeah, definitely. I think those are, they're all mental things more than anything else. And yeah. I think the biggest things that you need mentally is that you need to kind of really change your perspective to things like failure mistakes obstacles you know like society and the way we look at it when we're growing up is it's bad negative don't do that bad but then as an entrepreneur failure is a great thing you know like you embrace it you learn from it and you come back two times stronger and was there was there a story which you kind of learned from in terms of failure any any moment which which kind of changed your perception of failure yeah definitely i mean i think the biggest thing for me was like every time like i would say like i failed at this or i failed at that it would be like something like i was looked down upon but i always wondered like why you know like the fact that i get back up and i'm trying again and i'm able to talk about my failure i think that's a win on its own you know that should be looked at as something positive i mean is there there like a kind of specific story that you the one that really struck out in your head uh as a as a as the one you looked at as a failure at the time but you was like damn if i didn't go through that i really wouldn't be you know how good i am today you know yeah i mean i think the story with like um talking about when i walked into that office got rejected you know i think i think that was really a failure because i failed that day to get that guy's business and i came so close to giving up and quitting and saying you know what i'm not going to do this anymore i'm gonna go back to school go take a job and live the life i was living two three weeks ago but Mm. i think i think i learned from that was you know what I had a shitty experience, but by me giving up right now, I'm still going back to another shitty experience. It doesn't change anything, but I can get back <laughs> up. I could change something, and I can maybe turn this shitty experience around. Well, so two, two, two shits don't make a right, or, or is it two shits <laughs> do make a right? I'm not, I'm not sure that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, well, um, I was going to ask you actually about um, creatives. What's your feeling on kind of creatives and entrepreneurship? Because I feel like the kind of entrepreneur label has business kind of connotation. People feel like it's about people in suits and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I always look at like creative people who've been able to take their skills and, and mold that into business. And you working with creative people, what's your kind of perception on that? Why is it like that? Why do creative people feel like that they're not entrepreneurs? I think I think every entrepreneur out there has some kind of creative spark or some some something going on in their mind that's creative, imaginative, something going on. And I think to be an entrepreneur and successful one, you have to be creative because if you're constantly thinking up shit that's already been done, then you're just like everyone else, you know, and you kind of fall back and you don't take that big leap. But I think entrepreneurs not only have creative genius, but they also have that vision and they're able to plan and they're able to manage and they're able to put all these different elements together. 
So I think the biggest thing I would say about an entrepreneur is they're, they're like, they're like that pizza with like everything on it, you know, like every single topping just because they're able, they're so diverse with their skills. You know, they're not like hundred percent creative, but they're not also a hundred percent manager. They're like a little bit of everything. And I think that's what really makes the strongest entrepreneurs. Listen, that's what GOTB, man. I'm going to bring it back. I'm sorry. I have to plug my website, but I have to plug the movement. That's what it's about. Players <laughs> you need different skills. Like, the best football players, basketball players, see like LeBron James, you know, I know you like basketball, LeBron James. He's not yeah. just amazing at dunking, you know, or, or he doesn't just have amazing jump shot. He can defend. He's the best defender in the game, you know, effectively. Uh, and he's there at the crunch time. He's a team. He's a leader. Like, What makes him the best is that he's the at least very good at every single kind of facet of the game. And do you feel like in entrepreneurship, you have to be if your knee's not very good, you have to recognize your weakness and know how to plug that weakness. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think entrepreneurship, you got to be honest with yourself. You know, you got to know what, what you're really good at, what you're really bad at, and the things that you're bad at, that's what you hire other people for and bring partners and plug in those holes. But yeah, like you said with the LeBron James example or just any 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 skilled professional, you know, you can't be talented at anything unless you have kind of balance. And I think entrepreneurs need that balance because if you're the best creative person in the world, but you can't do any of the other stuff, all you're going to be doing is creating stuff. But what about the marketing? What about the people to manage it? What about the, uh, the finances, all that other stuff that goes into it. So you've got to be a well-rounded diamond to be able to shine and succeed. Nice. Well, I think that leads nicely into a nice uh, segue. Something I want to talk about, some kind of points I wanted to get out for the audience. You're very good on social media. You know, I'm not going to name numbers because that's tacky. But you have, it's not even just numbers. You have a good engagement. I see people engaging with you. I see people retweeting you, uh, retweeting your articles and stuff like that. What is the, let's start with the mistakes. What are the kind of core mistakes that you see people making on social media? Um, in terms of their personal brand first, I think that's relevant for everyone. And then we'll talk business. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the biggest people mistake people make is that they're trying to do social media rather than just being social. Like they feel like once they're on behind a computer and they're meeting someone, the whole rules on the whole game changes. But no, it really doesn't. And that's the biggest thing for me that's led to my success is the same way I would treat someone in real life that I met that's a new person. I'm going to treat that person the same way online on social media. Nothing changes. And I think you got to stop trying to do social media like it's a handbook or like it's some kind of machine. And yeah. just be social just talk to people interact and just connect and network and so what, about do, you, what do you do find out about them do you see someone tweeting a comment about something and then do you like respond to that comment and engage with them like what's the kind of little tips that you've learned uh throughout the throughout the years on social media yeah definitely i think the first thing is if someone talks to you talk back to them I've yeah. seen too many people just sit there and ignoring people. Like, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> second thing is, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, if you're, if you're engaging, if you're engaging in some kind of conversation, if it's like, let's say your interest is entrepreneurship, go through the entrepreneurship hashtag, retweet other people, talk to other people, chime in on what other people are saying. Just small things like that make yeah. a huge difference, you know, and it shows people that you care. And I think yeah. that's, those are the preliminary steps to really building a brand. Okay. And that's cool. That's cool. Um, let's also try and get, um, let's say you were a singer, for example, what would you do if you just kind of started up 
your your Twitter account. You decide that with social media. Let, let me throw a little example out there. Cause I know you got skills. I know you like to think on your feet. So let me put that out there. What would you do? So the first thing I would do is I would look for rappers or singers or whoever it is that are similar to me, like who I can say that, you know, like I'm going for the same audience. Um, we sound alike, but we are, we're in the same genre, things like that. And I would just kind of connect with those types of influencers first. Um, yeah. And then I kind of see who they're following, who's following them. And obviously if someone's following them, chances are they like their music or they like something about them. So I'd kind of try to engage and connect with those people, give them a follow, shoot them a message, shoot them a, tweet things like that so those are the things that i would do starting off okay okay that's cool and then what 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 if when you had your content you know you had a little song how would you kind of try and promote that because too many people just kind of send it out hey like hey listen you know what what would you do instead yeah definitely so i mean i get like a thousand artists that do this on the daily to me they'll tweet me and they'll say check out my new song it's the best <laughs> shit ever and you're like and well, i'm not checking and that's like the same thing for me you know if i was tweeting my content at each individual person like a message no one would ever read that shit so for yeah. the for me it's all about just post it you know post yeah. put a nice title on it post it if someone wants to read it they'll read it and yeah. everything you do do high quality so that when do someone does click it they don't go and see oh man this sucks i'm never listening again and then you're basically shunned by that person you know they're never going to read your stuff or listen to your music so for me, my content is always very high quality. I share it once a day, nothing crazy, not too much spam. Someone wants yeah. to read it, they click it. If they like it, they'll say, okay, this was good. Now I'm gonna constantly read his stuff. And slowly it kind of grows and that's what's happened for me organically. I've just grown a huge following by doing those little things. Uh, listen, you should follow G as well. I mean, we'll get to the the kind of, I mean, let's let's do it now. What's your, what, what are you on Twitter? We'll, we'll get to the rest of it later. Yeah, yeah, my Twitter is at the G Banerjee. And yes, shoot me a follow, shoot me a tweet. Happy to respond. Happy to connect with everybody. Yeah, definitely do that, man. And uh, he's got some good articles. He's got some very good articles. I've read uh, quite a few of them, and I'm not just saying that because he's on the line. Like I respect, I respect your writing abilities, um, as as well as the advice you're bringing. I like that article where you was like the day in the life kind of thing. You sharing the grind is real. Like the grind is real, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, let, can you just do your morning quickly? What was your morning again? Oh man, I, I wake up very early, checking emails, take a shower, get some food, get to my office, usually do a lot of like interviews and like uh, radio shows, things like that in the morning. And then right by like 10, 10 30, I've got to start hitting the meetings and stuff like that. So yeah, my mornings do get pretty crazy. See, see. Uh, go, I recommend you go check that out. Cool. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something like routine. If you just search that on his website. Um, well, I feel like, yeah, like, um, I feel like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. Um, one thing I want to know, what's, what's your inspiration? What, what's really, like, inspiring you these days? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my biggest inspiration right now is just trying to, trying to create value and just trying to solve problems. Like, the biggest thing that makes, puts a smile on my face or makes everything worth it is when you do a good job on something and someone recognizes you for it. Like, for example, a few days ago, we got an email from somebody that said, Thank you so much for helping me on, it was for staff use. Thank you so much for providing this tool. It helped me so much. And I really feel confident about the applications that I just sent out. And just seeing a message like that makes you feel good, you know, makes you feel like you made a difference in this person's life. And that's yeah. what really inspires me to be able to make a difference. That's dope, man. Like, do you have a kind of five year vision like that? Like this kind of concrete or do you just taking it as it comes or? 
Yeah, I mean, I have, I have a pretty good like five year vision. So like by the time I'm 25, I want to be completely financially free. So that basically means I can buy anything in the world I want without having to worry about money as being an obstacle. Yeah. So that's definitely one of my goals. And then um, I really want to create some projects that I hope to get out even this year where I want to give back to the entrepreneurial community. So just yeah. different products, ideas, things like that. And then maybe like towards the fourth or fifth year. Or you want to give year. us you want to give us a little sneak, little sneak preview. Yeah, we'll, yeah, most we'll make you accountable out here. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So we're actually working on a new project that's going to be kind of like a blog, kind of like a blog slash media outlet. That's all going to be about spreading greatness, you know, and just yeah. a movement to hopefully be able to get youth and people to continue spreading greatness and join into the greatness. So that's something that we got planned. And then um, shit, this year I'm trying to do a lot more investments and trying to invest my money, diversify things like that. And then kind of four or five years down the line, I, I still want to do technology, but I also want to kind of open up my own restaurants, bars, so, things like man. that, just kind of diversify. So yeah, I got some, got a basic idea in the next five years. Right, no, that's wicked, man. And we'll be looking out for that new platform, whatever, you know, LPBGO TV, you can follow us and we'll do something together for sure. Um, I just wanted to kind of take this back. I'm taking this back for my kind of bench players, you know, my guys and girls who want to get into the game, who ain't into the game yet. You know, what would you do? Well, what, what would you do differently if you went back? I mean, I don't mean differently, of course, because you, you love where you are, but what are the lessons that you've learned and if you could start again that you would definitely do differently? Yeah, definitely. So um, the one thing that I would do a little bit differently is um, try to really have like almost like a plan or a forecast or like ideas of what you're going to do. So with Stat Fuse, a big mistake we made was we launched this great product, but we never came up, we never even had an idea of how we're going to make money on it. We just yeah. created this tool and we're like, let's just give this out to the world, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, a business has to make money. And in the first two weeks, we got 12,000 users and we're like, shit, we're broke. We got 12,000 users. <laughs> why didn't we think of a revenue model and we lost <laughs> so much time, you know? So I think, I think when you're an entrepreneur and when you're a businessman, you got to really think realistically, like you want to make the coolest product possible, but always have a plan. You know, you got to make money. There's some fundamental things that every business needs to do. Yeah. So just create a plan and just really focus on having something concrete, even if it's not the right answer, that way you can eventually get to the right answer. Okay. That's dope. And uh, uh, what, what, what if you, what if you weren't even starting a business? What if you just love the idea of entrepreneurship? What would, what would you do? You know, what would you do to kind of maybe, what kind of projects, what little thing could you do to do initially to kind of just get that movement going, you know? Yeah, definitely. So I think, I think it's just about like digging kind of deep and seeing what your passion is. Like if you could do anything right now, kind of comes down to that question, what would you do? And yeah. figuring out how can I do that right now without, without any obstacles, without any problems and just trying to do it, you know? And the biggest thing I tell people is I often get emails from like people that have a job nine to five and they're like, damn, I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't tell them, Hey, quit your job and go build something right now. I tell them, look, you got a job on the side, start something, you know, see where it goes, see if you're enjoying it, see if it grows to something that can be bigger than your nine to five. And that's the same thing that I would recommend to other people is just start small, test different things. And if you start finding something you love, then take the big next step. Okay, no, nah, that's dope, man. That fucks with that as well. I feel like that's something personally <laughs> I wish I probably would have done is uh, just go into the game, just go into the game a bit sooner, just get your feet wet, you know what I'm saying, and just practice because you learn, you learn from that practice, you learn from doing things for sure. And as the longer you sit down, I'm telling you this from experience, man, the longer you sit down, 
it becomes so much more harder to start and, and get out there. So, you know, maybe just start a blog, maybe, to be honest. I feel like that's yeah. a good place to start, if anything. Just just write some shit. Like, trust me, like, take that from me. And G, the great G Barry, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, we're nearly finished now. I feel like I like playing this game. We're going to play the old school association game. You know the association game. I say one word, you say the first word that comes to your head. Is that cool? All right. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Entrepreneurship. Passion. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Media. Uh, scrutiny. Scrutiny. Why scrutiny? I don't know. Happy. You the you the Justin Bieber the entrepreneurship world or saying I <laughs> I don't know why I just feel like media the first thing I think about is like someone or something always getting scrutinized. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, hero. Uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Why Steve Jobs? Um, I just feel like he paved the way so much for like entrepreneurship, especially for like me, like. I look at him and I look at what he did and the obstacles he overcame and just to me, the, the the amount of growth he was able to achieve in his life and with Apple and stuff, that's just mad respect, you know, like can't even put it into words. It's true. No, it's true. You have to respect the legends of the game, you know. Even though I got like, I'm going to be looking crazy. Steve's not in my top five. I'm sorry. Steve's not in my top five. Oh. That's not for the business, though. That's just That's just me personally. Obviously, I respect Apple, but I don't fuck with Max. Maybe that's why as well. But, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I respect Steve wholeheartedly. Don't, you know, don't watch the RIP legends in the game. Okay, and uh, 25. Financial freedom. Shit. My man, my man. <laughs> All right. That was dope, man. How was that, G? Yeah, no, that was awesome. All right, where, where, where can the people find you? Yeah, definitely. So the best way to find me, my social media, my blog, everything, is my personal website, which is jeetbannerjee.com, spelled J-E-E-T-B-A-N-E-R-J-E-E.com. All right, and make sure don't put that double N. I'm always fucking up with that double N. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that was me. That was Jeet Banerjee. Hope you enjoyed the show. This has been the LPB Podcast. You can find us at gotb.tv, hottest online media for young entrepreneurs and aspirational entrepreneurs. So let's do this thing, man. See you later. So that was the episode with G. And uh, if you made it all the way through, you know that was a really interesting conversation. And I, I, I hope you got a lot out of it in life and business. And you're a young person especially just to know the age is nothing you know don't be limited by a number you can do anything that you want to do and uh, of course music shout outs to Mike Marino beats as usual listen I'm feeling the track I had to use it on two episodes man I'm loving that so check him out his links in the sound uh, in the links below and also check us out on iTunes the link is below and subscribe and keep keep getting them episodes and of course get in contact if you really like what we're doing and you got something to say I want to hear from you man uh, you can find me on Twitter at dmenak d-m-e-n-a-k my email is dubem.menakaya at gmail.com and obviously check out gotv.tv and listen we want to hear from you this is the Young Entrepreneur Show it's about the people you know, it's about you so if there's something you really want to hear something you want to learn about 
or you know things you want to make better or whatever you just want to talk listen just let me know and we'll do that so I appreciate you locking in as always and go out there and keep it pushing you know keep doing something let's go